Hello, women's hockey fans. Welcome to the seventh installment of the original eight series, a special for the Founding Four podcast. As I'm sure you know, the Founding Four podcast is an independent women's hockey podcast hosted by yours truly, Erica L. Ayala. For this episode of the Founding Four podcast, we are going back to our original eight series. This is the seventh installment of the eight-part series, and it features defender of the Connecticut Whale, Jordan Brickner. Able to speak to Brickner over the phone, we talked about her journey to the NWHL from the Midwest. Of course, we asked the, the series of questions that we ask all members of the original eight, those players that have been in the National Women's Hockey League since the 2015-2016 season, and we asked a few extra things here and there with Jordan. It was an insightful conversation. Jordan is a consummate professional and explains what professionalism in women's hockey looks like to her. Very excited for you to hear this interview with Connecticut Whale defender, Jordan Brickner. We're continuing our original eight series, and you know we, we had to make sure to get Brickner on here. You're one of the a select few of the eight that has actually played on the same NWHL team all five seasons. But first, like Jordan, how you doing? I mean, we're here. It's it's the the beginning of April. <laughs> yeah, no, doing well over here. It's been um, crazy, crazy season. It all kind of seems like it flew by pretty quickly, and then had a sad little ending for everybody involved but um yeah I'm just grateful that we're still able to play and um the league is still still going strong for sure and and as I mentioned you've had a front seat to that certainly from the Connecticut whale perspective but we'll start off I I ask similar questions to all the the five timers as I like to say um but the first question being when you when you think of a, a league that is, uh, once we get that Isabel Cup final, we'll have completed five seasons, and you being a pioneer, a founder of not just the league, but the Connecticut Whale, I mean, what are some of the first things that pop into your mind when you hear that? I just, it's been such a great experience for me personally, and I know a bunch of my teammates as well. Um, I moved out here from Chicago when the league was starting, and it was pretty exciting for everybody I know that, and um, I wanted to keep playing and I wanted to be part of such a, a cool league and experience and new thing that was happening and help grow women's hockey. And I mean, going down that, even girls hockey and just hockey in general. Um, so moving out here was kind of an easy decision for me. And then um, I was only planning on being here one year and moving back to Chicago, but um, ended up loving everything I was doing and got more involved in hockey in itself and kept wanting to be part of the league and playing and now here we are five years later and it just keeps getting better especially this season I feel like the league has really grown a lot um and we're getting so many more views and more opportunities to be seen and more sponsors and opportunities like that and hopefully the league will start to grow even more and just kind of provide us all with more opportunities and more exposure for the league and women's hockey. Wow, so the pod and the nutmeg state got you hooked, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you, you've had Midwest roots in a lot of different ways. Um, but I, I want to maybe stay there just for a minute, Jordan, because I think one of the stories that I found to be really interesting 
with the stories of Canadian players or like a, a Luda Belyakova who, who played for the Riveters, same thing with Nana Fujimoto who were coming um, in the case of the the latter two from different countries, but uh, Celeste Brown, I think, also had a, a crazy story of coming all the way from Montana just for a tryout. Um, but it seems like there just was a lot of excitement and, um, you know, just this willingness to try something out, um, just couldn't pass up on the opportunity, but also kind of thinking that it would be a little bit short term. So can you can you maybe walk us through um, some of your thought process as that evolved, again, for you to, to be with the Connecticut Whale for five years? Yeah, sure. So I actually, right after college, I went to Europe for two years to play, and then I was going to move home and kind of stop playing hockey and transition more into a um, not-hockey job. <laughs> and uh, then when I came home and I had so many friends that were playing in the league and uh, the general manager at the time who reached out to me asking to come to Connecticut and play. And at first I was kind of already had decided that I was ready to kind of hang up the skates and maybe start coaching and be more involved that way with hockey. Um, and then in the end, I ended up moving out here and, or was probably just going to play one season and then I moved back home and I ended up just having so much fun. Our first season was, I mean, I think more than any of us could have really imagined. We had, especially with the Connecticut Whale, we had such a close team. A lot of girls lived in the area and um, just the team environment itself was one of the best ones that we've had so far um, with the Whale, I would say. And we all would get together. We had so much fun at practice and traveling to games and even outside of hockey, we would hang out because most of the girls live locally. And I think since that first season, it's been a little tough because we've all lived and traveled from all sorts of places to come in. But um, after that first season, I made a lot of friends and in the area, and I really got more involved with local and youth hockey in the area. And I kind of just decided that I wanted to keep pursuing what I was doing and keep playing. And I wasn't ready to give up, you know, hockey and the game that I love so much. And it's really given me all these amazing opportunities. So now, five years later, here we are. Here we are. And thankful to, to definitely have you and and all the others. I think one of the, the last games, you know, unfortunately your, your season was cut a little short to due to injury. Um, but one of the last uh, images that I have of you is we were kind of troubleshooting an, an interview with you. You were very gracious with your time, but there was this um, young girl who came and she kind of made her way. We, we tried to block off the, the traffic, but she made her way around the step and repeat. And you just were sitting there, you know, waiting for us, but taking the time out to to chat with with her and I could tell that that just really meant something to her that's an aspect of the game that is very highly promoted when it comes to women's hockey I'd, I'd argue women's sports in general but a question that I like to ask athletes is I think there's some of that that um, you know diehard fans grapple with because yes of course you want to inspire the next generation but I think there's a sentiment in women's sports that sometimes that's all that women's sports is. So how do you balance out those moments that you have, like like I witnessed, versus um, you know only keeping the narrative of, of women's sports to those moments? Yeah, so I, um, I love interacting with fans. I love hockey and teaching girls and players in the area and everything like that. And 
I, uh, I've been involved in the local youth um, programs and stuff over the past five years since I've been here. Um, and I've gotten to know a ton of families, a ton of girls and boys players, a ton of kind of, you know, everything along the way. Um, so I think it, for me, it's been exciting to play in front of, you know, a lot of the girls that I coach and some of the boys that I coach and the teams that um, I coach and everything like that. And I think it's super important to show all these young girls that you can still play when you're older and you can, you know, do um, manage all these different parts of your life and still be able to play the game that you love. And um, that's what I think for me has been kind of the one of the points that I've kind of brought along with me as I've continued to play um, is that you can kind of, with what we're doing right now, you can kind of juggle it all and still be able to enjoy playing hockey and, you know, interacting with all of the young girls that come and watch and still being kind of like that role model on and off the ice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question we've been asking all of the five-timers is, um, you know, when you think of the Connecticut Whale team in particular, um, what are some of the, the fun stories or, you know, fond memories that you have of that team? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, there's definitely, there's so many, and it's, it's been interesting because, you know, when I, when we started five seasons ago, I was similar age to um, a lot of the girls on the team and maybe one of the younger ones and now going to um, fast forward in a couple of years, I think I was actually the oldest one on the team this year. <laughs> so it's interesting to go from being younger to kind of the middle pack with age and now the oldest. <laughs> um, so it definitely like my involvement kind of outside of the rink has changed here and there. Like the first season I was hanging out with the girls a lot, but we were also all super local. So it was a lot easier and now um, going through the years, kind of more, I'm more of, you know, I hang out with them at the rink and at games and when we're on road trips and stuff like that. And then I'm a little less, a little quieter behind the scenes <laughs> these days. Um, just get, you're getting up there with age, but that's right. Uh, but so I would say just the culture of the whale has been pretty consistent the whole time I've, I've been here. We've always had a ton of fun, especially on road trips. We'll always try and do some kind of activity together, whether it's go to a, an NHL game, we'll go see a movie, go do some kind of activity. Um, I mean, something as simple as go to the mall or get coffees together where you just kind of really get to hang out with your teammates more and more. Um, I mean, even just being able to come to practice um, at night after a long day and be with your teammates and your friends and be able to still kind of love the game that you play yeah absolutely I think um that that is definitely a sentiment that is shared um and you know it's been a, a trying time for women's hockey all of sports especially most recently but um one thing we we have an interview that's coming up with with Bray Catch and Peel, who obviously took over as general manager this year and she told me that one of the first things that she did um when she agreed to the role was to talk with you and, and Shannon in particular, Shannon Doyle, um, to get a sense of just what you're discussing, some of that uh, Connecticut whale culture. 
And I think if you follow the trend of, of the Connecticut whale, that there have been, there's been a lot of adversity that the team, that the franchise has had to deal with. But somehow, uh, to your point that you just mentioned, uh, you know, the team has been able to, the players in particular have been able to kind of just stay together and always enjoy each other's company. As you mentioned, uh, you know, you kind of, your, your leadership role changed, but as you and Shannon in particular um, moved on and, and progressed with the team, were there things that, that you were doing as leaders, as some of the, the veterans in, in the locker room to kind of keep that intact? Yeah. So uh, luckily we have always had such a great group of women um, that have come to the whale and everyone's always gotten along pretty well. Um, we haven't had a ton of, we haven't had many really issues at all. And what I saw from this year in particular um, for the first half of the season that I was there, we, so we had a younger group and we had a lot of new players that didn't really seem like that was the case. I mean, everyone got along so well in the locker room. And even and outside the locker room, we were a very strong unit of just great women. And everyone was there to work hard and to play hockey and be able to kind of still promote the league and get our names out there and just be able to do the, the things that we love still. Um, but in a, in a leadership way, I honestly, I don't think we had to do that much different than any of the previous seasons just because we've been so lucky to have such a great group I would just say I mean the really the only thing that um, we probably had to really do I mean it's just like kind of help out the younger girls and kind of guide them and do what the league you know tries to do and what we as the whale kind of need to do um, on the ice and we were we've always been the team for the past three or four seasons that needs to just work hard and kind of grind it out and been our identity and think that everyone kind of has embraced that role and definitely tries you know their their hardest and towards the end of the season I know that we had a little bit bigger of a roster so everyone had to compete in practice to get their to get their spot and it was never easy for everybody um so I think that we always just push everyone to kind of work their hardest and do their best and then hopefully that would translate into games. yeah and I would imagine some of that also um, includes defining what professional means in this particular circumstance. Because, you know, I think uh, people toss around the word professional, and I know that in college a lot of programs are able to give media training or have uh, directives on what athletes have to wear when they are out um, and traveling. But there's also kind of, right, that professional mindset, and that can be different because of the circumstances of, of a growing women's professional league, then maybe the professionalism that you might see in your office or wherever else you're working. Um, so how would you describe professional? Like what, is, what does it mean to be professional for the Connecticut Whale and the NWHL? Yeah, so I would, I would just say just holding each other and ourselves to, to the highest standard. We, you know, you always want to act in a way that you wouldn't be embarrassed of what you said or what you did or things like that. When, when we traveled or when we showed up to our games, you know, we had a dress code, everyone, we want everyone showing up presentable and, and nice and ready to um, go to work basically. Um, or when we traveled, same kind of stuff. We would, we would have team meals and we would get together for video or talk, talk, things like that. 
Um, we just made sure that everyone, while we are, you know, away on a trip and it's a little different from college, but we're still there to do a job. We're still there together. Um, and we all wanted, you know, to, to win that game or wanted that same goal and the, the outcome. So I think it, for us, it, it never really was an issue. We never had to deal with, um, anything happening or any drama, everyone kind of, you know, comes out of college with those guidelines and a certain way that, you know, they have to present themselves to the public or to the people around them. Um, and I think also what helps too is we know that we always had so many young girls watching and we want to inspire those girls and be good role models for them. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to at the end of it all. Yeah, for sure. And I want to get into the other part of being professional is of course what you do on the ice and that also, um, comes along with, you know, how you are reacting to what other teams are doing. So I mentioned this to you as we were prepping, but I want to get your thoughts on some of your opponents over the last five seasons. So you've played with Elena Orlando, Shannon Doyle, and you would have also played with Kaylee Fratkin. But when you think of Kareen Bowie, Madison Packer, Kira Dostalarina, or Jillian Dempsey, I mean, what are some of the things that immediately when it comes to, right, that professionalism or even just knowing them personally over over your hockey career, truly, um, what are some of the things that stand out about those those players? Yeah, so I think for all of us that are still playing and still involved in the league, I mean, it takes a lot of hard work and definitely a lot of a lot of passion to still be playing um, through all of this and continuing to do what we love. So every time that we play the the other teams in the league and the other girls that we I feel like we've all just through playing hockey such a small world a lot of us know each other kind of meet each other through games or through teammates or just talking randomly at a rink um and I think there's just kind of like a level of respect with the all these I mean any girl any woman in the league anybody involved uh, we know how much hard work and commitment and you know time that it takes up to do what we do and I think with the 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 girls that have been here since season one I know most of them um, I don't know all of them but there's definitely a level of respect there and I know that they're all such good hockey players and such great women and to be able to still carve out the time and the passion and the love for the game is, I think, pretty incredible. Yeah, for sure. I want to break code uh, on this format a little bit because there are there's one person that um, a few of the, the opposing players have spoken about, and that would be one Elena Orlando. Now, Lando is just a sweetheart off the ice, but... She also was mentioned at least twice for being someone that you don't want to be in a scrum with. Uh, what's your take on Lando and and who she is when, um, you know, just generally speaking, and then uh, who she is when, when uh, you know, the pod needs some protecting? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny you say that because the first word I would, I would say to describe her on ice is definitely protective. She is, I mean, such a great, human I don't think that anyone would have a negative word to say about her she's so kind she's generous she is such a great person teammate and friend um and that translates on the ice if someone touches her goalie she will let you know that that's not okay um she is just such a great person and she will always have a teammate a friend anybody's back 
And I think that's what makes her such a great person is you can always count on her. You always know that if you get pushed in a way that wasn't right, uh, she will be right there to have your back, which I think is awesome. Gotta love it. I, I love that style of player. That's that's uh, who I was as an athlete as well. So much respect <laughs> to Lando. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure that you appreciated uh, in season two when she uh, joined up <laughs> on the pod and was not a, an opponent anymore. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's been so great just knowing her as a friend and becoming friends outside of the rink, too. She's just a great, great person. Uh, another thing, Jordan, that I, I've been talking about the, the OGs uh, with is is when you think of maybe the next five years of the NWHL or, or women's hockey, what do you hope for this league that you've been able to, to see grow um, personally, up close and personal? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely I think everyone would love to see – the league um, have more teams, grow to more areas, more cities, more countries. I mean, anything um, like that, if we can have even more women be able to play and want to play and be excited to play, I think that's, that would be amazing. Um, and even from the beginning, we've seen salary caps go up and down, and it seems like the past two seasons, everything's been going consistent and growing and we've been getting even more opportunities to be seen and to generate more revenue which comes back to the players which is amazing because we we all do so much to play and to get to games and to help spread the word and help you know generate and promote the league and and do all this so I think that's huge and I think moving forward of course everyone would want to see those salary caps rise and more things like um insurance right and just kind of kind of more steady things like that so that us players can have kind of more stability when it comes to playing hockey so and I do believe that that will happen and the league has been working so hard behind the scenes to do just that and make it all happen and I think we're all super super appreciative of that and I think I can speak for a lot of the women since I've been here from the beginning and to see the amount of progression with this league has been amazing and it's super exciting and it's great to see that people care and that we're able to still keep playing the game that we love. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the the NWHL and the Connecticut Whale have, have kept you in the area, but have you thought about maybe what your contributions could be uh, to the league uh, in the next five years? We have some folks that I've talked to, they're like, I'm playing till they drag me off. Others are, uh, you know, maybe eyeing some of the, the positions uh, off ice from general manager to what Anya or even Shelly Picard are doing now. But, but for you, uh, have you thought about, um, you know, in five years where you would like to be in relation to the NWHL? Yeah, I would like to be involved in any way possible. I mean, I love hockey itself. I love coaching. I love being behind the scenes kind of in the youth organizations and helping out wherever I can and promote, you know, girls hockey, women's hockey, anything possible. I would love to be one of those uh, women that can play until they say, okay, you're done no more. Um, so I'm not sure. I any any way that I can, I don't have a specific uh, answer or kind of role that I see myself contributing in. But just any way that I that I can, really, I always would love to be involved with hockey. It makes me happy. It brings joy to my life, and it's just something that I can't 
imagine not having in my life in, in any kind of capacity. All right, you heard it there, folks, uh, NWHL fans, pod fans in particular. Uh, gotta gotta keep keep Jordan in the mix there. Um, I do want to ask you a bonus question because we're already through. Well, at least we got through the conference tournaments for women's ice hockey, and you had two teammates that went head to head. A former teammate and a current teammate that went head to head in a championship game. Um, you know, for Kayla and Sam Faber, um, when you see that happen, I'm sure it happens. Uh, you've played on multiple teams throughout your career, but, um, you know, do you pick sides? Like, are you just hoping everyone comes out uh, successful? Like, uh, how was that to, you know, kind of keep tabs on what was happening with, uh, the Sharks and, and, uh, Nuha and, and them able to win a championship in their first season? I know that was so incredible to see. I was so happy for for Sam and the and the organization. I think that was so amazing for them. Um, no, I, I definitely don't pick sides. <laughs> I don't think, but I was. It's so it's so interesting to see all of my teammates and even girls, you know, on women on other teams in the league, coach or even just their outside jobs at all. Right. Uh, because you just you're together at hockey and it's like oh this person does this this person is that and it's like okay you think about it for a second but it's not you know you're at hockey you're you're at hockey but you don't even think about you know this person having this job or this person doing that on the weekend or you know nine to five every day so it's so interesting to see we played Kayla's team um, this season as um, just kind of like a practice game and it's so funny to see her behind a bench as opposed to, you know, on our bench with us. On the right. And, and even Sam, I've known Sam since I moved out here and watching her, I've coached against her. I've coached with her, things like that. I just think it's so cool when we're all brought together for hockey. And then we're also kind of like we see each other in our professional, like outside professional world. I just think it's a cool thing and something that will definitely continue throughout the years because we're all going to be connected in some sort of way. And I just think it's pretty amazing that we're brought together a different way than than WHL sometimes. Yeah, that's been exciting for me as well. Although Faber tried to get me in some hot water because she and I share a birthday and she pulled the birthday twin card on me as as far as who I should be rooting for. I was like, man... Uh-oh. That's you can't go against the birthday, but dang, like you know, I gotta, I gotta see Kayla in a week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all right, Jordan, I think that'll do it. Um, thank you so much again for for taking out this time and for everything that you've done uh, for me personally as a fan first, um, and then uh, who's been able to hop on the broadcast media side. Uh, thank you very much. You've always been very welcoming and inviting, and it's been a joy to uh, watch you in the well well thank you and thank you for taking the time to always talk with all of us and cover the league and the games and all that you do we appreciate it as well and we couldn't do what we do without people like you and everyone helping make this league successful much appreciated well you know i will we'll wrap it up there but as i said offline um hoping that you and the family stay safe stay healthy stay in good spirits and we'll see what season six brings Yes, thank you, and you as well. Yeah, hopefully everything tries to or starts to come back to our new normal in a safe way and soon, hopefully. But um, yeah, everyone, hoping everyone's just safe and doing well. 
Thank you everyone for listening to a special edition of the Founding Four podcast. This has been the seventh installment of the original eight series in which I interview all eight players that have been in the National Women's Hockey League since the first season back in 2015-2016. With Jordan Brickner now out her episode out to the public, we have one more guest left. Yes, that is Madison Packer. Let me run down our amazing lineup, just in case you missed an episode of the original eight here or there. We kicked off the series with defender for the Metropolitan Riveters, Kira Dostal Arena. Then we heard from defender for the Connecticut Whale, Shannon Doyle. That was followed up by forward for the Buffalo Buttes, forward and captain, Kareen Bowie. We then heard from captain and forward of the Boston Pride, the one, the only, Jillian Dempsey, followed by a defender, an original riveter, who then jumped over to the pod, Elena Orlando. Then we heard from Kaylee Fracken. Now, Fratty, she started with the whale, she was a riveter, and now she is with the Boston Pride. And today, you heard from Jordan Brickner. Mad Pack will round out the original eight we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program over at the founding four give us a follow at founding four pod on twitter as always would appreciate if you subscribe to the founding four podcast that you also rate and review the show leave a little comment helps other people find this independent women's hockey podcast hope everyone is staying safe hope you are staying healthy and cannot wait to see you at a women's hockey rink in the near future.